Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Um, man, I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord? All right. We can't, we can't have more excitement for... Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Somebody's really excited. <laughs> we can't have more excitement about the things of the world than we do about the things of God. Uh, I mean, we get excited about games. We get excited about TV shows. Uh, we get excited. I mean, I'm sure you guys have a show that when you see the little notification on Netflix that a new season is coming, you start anticipating that. Yeah. <laughs> Stranger Things, <laughs> somebody said. What would it look like if you saw a little notification every Saturday night that says God's going to move tomorrow? Would you, would you get excited about that? Okay. Uh, then get excited about what God is going to say today. Okay. Um, I want to read a portion of scripture. So if you would open your Bibles uh, to Genesis. Now, if you don't know this, um, it's at the beginning of the Bible. <laughs> so if you open the first cover and you turn just a couple of pages in, um, it's actually page 10 in my Bible. So if you have my Bible, uh, you can follow along there. Um, I'm going to be reading out of a couple of different translations today, um, not to spite anybody, not to make an argument that one translation is better than another. I'm looking at you. <clears throat> uh, but we're going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 13. Uh, and, and scroll down with me to verse 14. And it says this, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward, eastward and westward. That's for you uh, directionally. Delect- oh my goodness, it's yeah. going to be a day. Directionally. directionally, thank you. I needed that. Uh, literate people. If you know what north is and south is, you are doing so much better than me this morning. Um, I cannot seem to figure out where uh, north is ever. Anyway, get back to the scripture, Kyle. Uh, For the land, all the land you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as of the, the dust of the earth. So that if one could count the dust of the earth, your offspring could also be counted. Arise, walk through the land, the length and the breadth of it for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled at the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. This morning, I want to talk to you about taking ground. So Father, I I pray that um, you would speak something. I pray that you would enable me to preach this word beyond my human ability. And I pray that something would go forth from this pulpit today that would call forth from your people the kind of faith that makes a difference. Go before us now. Speak. Amen. 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 Hey, um, I know that we, we have already done our announcement time. I know that we've already done an offering. But I just I felt this week that we need to do something more for the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, and, and let's not downgrade it to conflict. It's war. Okay, like I, I, I get that there's different sides of this, and, and we don't like to admit that Parts of the world are at war, but parts of our world are at war. Um, and rather than picking a side, uh, I mean, obviously, we, we think that there is someone who has done something wrong. Putin needs to just drop it, okay? Let me just come out and say that that's what we believe. 
But I think we need to partner with ministries that are um, team kingdom more than anything else. Like, I, I love the people of Ukraine. I, I think God loves the people of Ukraine, but God also loves the people of Russia. So to say that we're only going to help one side of this, I don't think is right. I think we've got to go with Team Kingdom on this. And so uh, Convoy of Hope is a ministry that is on the ground in Ukraine right now, and they are giving food to those who need it. They're giving shelter to those who need it. They're helping in humanitarian ways, and they are not just a faith-based, but I believe a spirit-filled uh, organization. That will, that will work on our behalf. And so I'd love it today if, uh, if we could, we're going to put the, the scan code back up. Um, we're going to take up an offering. And all of the money from this offering right now uh, is just going to Ukraine. Okay? That's one of the beautiful things about Convoy of Hope is 100% of your offering goes to where they say it's going to go. Um, and so I'd love it if you partner with us. If you can, scan the code. And then when it, when it gets to the point where you can do the drop-down menu, um, select Ukrainian relief, okay? Uh, yeah, our usher's gonna come forward. We're gonna take up a physical offering. If you don't wanna do the, uh, the new way, I know some people still write checks, and that's totally cool. Um, but I believe this, regardless of if you give cash, check, or card, God is going to bless your gift. But I, I, my prayer is more than just him blessing you, the giver. I hope he blesses the people of Ukraine. I hope he blesses the people that are, uh, that are helping the kingdom cause. Uh, I, I want to see not just the conflict resolved. I want to see the kingdom come. Anybody with me? Father, I pray your blessing over this, that God, you would use these monies to, to spread your gospel and help your people in a time of crisis and a time of need. God, let our money help the hands and feet that you have placed there. And I pray an anointing over these people. I pray an anointing over the people in leadership, Father, that even those who are, are uh, starting the conflict and continuing the conflict, God, I pray that you would bring peace in those situations, bring peace in their hearts. Father, I pray that your will would be done in Ukraine and in Russia as it is in heaven today. Father, use this offering, we pray. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you. I believe this. One of our core values is we give extravagantly and we lead with love. And it's really hard to say we lead with love if we're not going to step out when there's war and help those who need it. Um, and you just need to know today, we are partnering with hundreds of churches across Southern California this morning, taking up an offering. Like this is going to go a long way and, and it's going to be really cool to see the things that have come from our efforts and our giving this morning. So I, I just huge thank you to those uh, who gave. Um, we really appreciate that. But um, I've got a word for you. And, and I think that God's going to speak something to each person's heart today. And I just pray that you have the boldness, the openness, and the courage to hear it and to move on it. Okay? So we just read this portion of scripture, and I guess what I, I we don't have time for <laughs> what we don't have time for is to read the, the chapters that lead up to this moment uh, in, in our scripture. So I guess I'm going to give you the, the quick 30-second tour. And that is, God chose to test Abram a couple of times over the course of the last chapter and a half, two chapters. And Abraham, oh, everybody know Abraham? Yeah. Father Abraham, right? Okay, same guy. But before God changed his name, he was Abram. Okay, and so Abram has, has, has been given three different tests from God, and thus far, he was like me and failed two of them. Okay, 
We're on the third test right here in this portion of scripture that we're studying today. He's failed two tests, and now he's on the third. And basically, there has been conflict in his family between him and his, uh, his wife and his servants and his nephew. Now, I know that there has never been any family conflict in your family whatsoever, and so you don't know what this is like, but I will say when family is at odds, no one wins. Okay, And so that's, that's where we find ourselves in the middle of the scripture today, that you had Abram and Lot. Yes, the dude's name was Lot. I don't know what inspired his parents to name him that, but his name is Lot. So Lot has a lot of animals and family, and they are all in conflict with Abram's family and his, uh, his servants and his household. Anybody ever been at odds with someone in their family before? Okay, cool. So we can all kind of relate. I love that everybody raised their hand. Otherwise, it'd just be awkward. Like, oh, no, you've never, you got to teach a master class on how to fix this. Um, so anyway, he, he has just failed two of the three tests from God. And now on this third test, he was asked by God to give Lot the option to choose the land he wanted. So they were so at, at odds with each other that they had to split up and they had to go in different directions. Now, Abram, being the older, wiser, more experienced gentleman in this story, could have taken the first choice, right? And so let's just try to contextualize this. Um, Abram and Lot come to Orange County, and they get to choose the plots of land that they're going to take, okay? So Abram could have been the first one to say, I'm going to take Newport, Okay? But he actually gave that opportunity to Lot because God said, give it to Lot. Let him choose because wherever you go, I'll bless you. So can you trust me? Can you rely on me? When I say something, will you take me at my word? Robert, it's good to see you, man. I'm glad you're here. I, I know you work crazy late and, and really early on Sunday mornings, and I'm just I'm proud of you for being here, man. Uh, he, he has the opportunity to choose whatever land he wants. And so Lot chooses Sodom. Anybody ever heard of Sodom? Yeah. Okay, it's got some negative connotations to it. I don't know if you're, if you're following here, but uh, uh, Lot cho- chose that spot because he saw that, man, this is a place of wealth, this is a place of prosperity, this is a place of success. We like this place. And so he went there, and God said, Abram, wherever you go, I'm going to make you a nation of so many that you'd have to learn how to count dust to count your offspring. That's pretty crazy. So I spent some time this week trying to collect dust in my house and count it. And I don't know what dust is, and so I don't know how to count dust, but I will say this. There's a lot of dust in the world. <laughs> so God's promise is wherever you go, by my name, I'll bless it. Right? So it's not just wherever you go and whatever you do, I'm going to bless. That's not the promise of God. At least not this one. Not in the word of God. What he's saying is, if you'll follow what I tell you to do, then I'll bless it. I'll give you a choice. You can choose, and wherever you go, I'll bless that. But to have the ignorance to think, I can just do whatever I want. I can live however I want. I can, I can sleep with whoever I want. I can live with whoever I want. I can smoke whatever I want. I can do worse things, whatever you want. And God will bless that is false. Let me just tell you something. There are very strict guidelines in Scripture. And if you'll live by them, the blessing of God not just follows you, but um, 
David uses a hunting term, stock, like to pursue, like to walk after, creep after, and it never gets out of your sight. So you can't get out of the sight of God if you're following what he says. That is kind of the, the backstory of what we're dealing with. And then I love this. Um, Lot's choice was to go towards Sodom because his heart was not fully with God. Sodom had already had this, this negative connotation to it, that it was a nation that kind of just did its own thing. It was a, it was a city of pleasure. It was kind of like Vegas. I'm not putting Vegas down. I, uh, there's some great food in Vegas. There's some great people in Vegas. But Vegas has a reputation of being Sin City. Welcome to Sodom. Okay? He went to Sodom because his eyes weren't on God and what God wanted him to do. Warren Wearsby in his commentary says this, It was bad enough that this dispute was between brethren or family. But even worse, the heathens of the land were watching and listening. That means those who were outside the family, those who were outside the promise of God, were watching this thing happening and listening. When Christians have disputes, it hurts the testimony of the Lord. He goes on to say, in my pastoral ministry, I frequently visited the unsaved relatives of friends of church members, seeking to interest them in the spiritual things of the church, only to discover that they knew about every church fight in town. No wonder our Lord prays that his people might become one, that the world might believe. Christian unity is fragrant and fruitful, but disunity turns that fragrance into a stench that can turn a garden into a desert. So if we're not together on things, if we're not paying attention to what God wants over what we want, the world is watching. The world is paying attention to us in this room right now. I happen to know that there's at least one person on this campus today that does not have a relationship with the Lord, and they're watching us. They watch us every week, week in, week out. They pay attention to the way we treat each other, to the way we obey the rules of the school, to the way we obey the rules of Scripture. And if we'll do this together, if we will, if we will care for each other, if we will live in unity with each other, the testimony is fragrant. The testimony is fruitful. It brings people in. It draws people closer to the heart of the Father. But... If we fight with each other, if we are at odds with each other, if we disagree openly with each other, it ruins the testimony of the church. It ruins the testimony of everything that we've done up to this point. I don't want that to be the case for us. I want us to have an incredible church that is known for its community and its unity in that community. Now, I don't mean unanimity. I don't mean everybody has to agree on every single thing and, and we all have to look alike and dress alike and pray alike and think alike and say things alike. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is God uniquely made you, so be you. But you can't be at odds with them. You can't be at odds with me. We've got to somehow find a way to represent Christ together. And the beauty of the Christian walk is if your heart is postured in a way that we're saying, God, I want to be just like you, make me like you, and Kellen, you're saying the same thing. Well, we're going after the same thing. We're just going to get closer and closer. That's not to say that brothers don't have disagreements, okay? Kellen has horrible taste in music. <laughs> I say that because a lot of people in this room have the same taste. Um, 
I just, I, Kellen prefers like the really heavy metal stuff and he loves the screaming and the, the anxiety inducing uh, horrible music. And I prefer, um, I love country, I love jazz, I love blues, I love classic rock, okay? Like uh, the good music, come on somebody. But can I tell you something? We found, Kellen and I found years ago, one artist that we could agree on. We had to travel for a long time to go to school together. It was 75 miles one way. And we were at odds with each other regularly. But we found one artist that we could both agree on. And we listened to her music there and back for months. Until all of a sudden we found another person that we could agree on. And then we started listening to that. And then we found more that we could agree on. And then he finally started to see that John Mayer is superior to every other fit for a king thing that you've ever heard. When you live in unity, you're happier. When you live in unity, you're you're more fragrant. People are drawn to you. And I guess what I want you to know is someone is watching I don't know who it is. It might be your parents. It might be your kids. It might be your neighbors. It might be your coworkers. But someone is watching you. And if your life doesn't line up with this word, they're going to see the disconnect. They're going to see the inconsistencies. They're going to start seeing that, wait a minute, this Bible says don't curse. And I hear you drop the F-bomb all the time. This Bible says that you're supposed to tithe, but you're the stingiest person I know. Isn't it funny that that Christians are usually known for what they hate, not for what they love? What if we were known for what we loved? We love this word. We cherish this word. We're trying to shape our lives after this word. What I'm saying is someone is watching, and we are responsible for our testimony. We are responsible for the testimony of those who went before us. It was so great. Pastor Phil mentioned it, that we were with them for their small group. And, and you might have gotten me in trouble by saying I brought tri-tip to that small group, but not to my small group. And now I've got to probably do it for both. But. Or Kellen's small I know, I know. I've got to show up at the women's small group now. I've got to do the whole thing. So <laughs> just, I got it. I got it. We'll, we'll get there. But it was so fun to sit around the dinner table, and we were sharing stories that actually were more damaging to our testimony. <laughs> And I just level with people. I mean, we, we, heard, we heard a bunch of different stories, but I'm not going to tell on anybody. Um, I, I shared a story about wanting to slit a guy's tires. And I wish I could tell you that this was like before my relationship with Christ. No, no, no. This was like six to eight months ago. Uh, I was ready to roll. I, 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 I'm not going to get into it with you, but I, I have regularly rehearsed in my mind, how would I get away from that camera to cut this dude's tires? Okay? I walk by this camera every single day, and so they know my outfit. So I'd have to go to Target, buy a new shirt, come in through the garage entrance, not through the main entrance. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've thought this through. It's the only time I, you'd ever catch me in a mask. Okay? <laughs> but if I did that, it would probably damage the testimony of Legacy Church. And I care about you too much. I care about what we've built too much to damage the relationship that we have with our community, to damage the testimony of what God is doing in our church. What is God doing in our church? I believe that God healed Matthew. God healed his, his arm. I believe that God healed Pastor Phil. 
We prayed for him a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden, he starts feeling better. You guys prayed over Brittany and I on Super Bowl Sunday, and all of a sudden, I start feeling better. When you guys pray, it matters to God. When we pray for healing, he's doing it. And I guess we need to be more intentional about sharing these stories because you need to know that when you pray and you say amen, not only did God hear you, but he acted on your behalf because what? We chose to look to him, not to the circumstances. In this passage, um, Lot is a troublemaker, and he was at odds with Abram. But Wearsby goes on to say he was at war with Abram because he was at war with himself. And he was at war with himself because he was at war with God. So let me ask you, are you fighting with someone or something because you're at war with God? Is there something in your life that you just can't seem to shake? You, th- you think it's always going to be this way. It's got to be this way because it's always been this way. So I'm never going to get out of it. Well, my mom struggled with this, so I'm going to struggle. My dad struggled with this, so I'm going to be this way. My dad left me, so I'm going to leave my family. Can I just tell you that there is no such thing as an absentee father in the kingdom? God will always be close, so be like him. Stop taking on these generational curses and start speaking the word of life over your life and realize that God has a better future for you to step into. He's got a better land for you to step into if you will step into it. We've got to get to the point where we start lifting up our eyes. I love that the, uh, the first thing that God says is, Abram, lift up your eyes. Because I can just imagine the conversation. God, Lot's being kind of a tool right now. I need you to do something. I know you have something for me. You've said that you want to use me. How do you want me to respond? And the first thing he did as he's walking and pacing is God said, Abram, lift up your eyes. First of all, the posture of the church, the posture of the testimony of the church is not head down, it's head up. Amen. If the testimony of the church is head down, we will never be attractive. People will want nothing to do with us. But if our eyes are on something above, if our eyes are on something higher, something greater, something more glorious than what we currently see, then people will be attracted to this. And it says in Acts that God added to their number daily those who were being saved because they had their eyes on something different. So, oh, shoot. Sorry. If you're fighting with something, I want you to pay attention to what it is, and I want you to deal with it. And it might be that it's your family, and that's okay. Drag them to the altar and say, God, deal with these people. But then don't forget before you do that to drag yourself to the altar and say, God, deal with me. Deal with me. Help me be like you. You might be at war, and I'm not talking about the the dropping bombs kind of war. I'm talking about the unwillingness to surrender to his will kind of war in your life. So, how do we take ground? In order to take ground, number one, you have to leave dysfunction. It said that Abram separated from Lot. He separated from Sodom. He decided to go a different way. He knew this way, staying here with his family, was going to be dysfunction. Now, I don't believe that God is calling you to leave your family. Husbands and wives, he's not going to ask you to leave your spouse, okay? Hear me when I say this. You are unified, moved together away from dysfunction. 
If you come from a broken home or a broken family, I want you to know there is restoration in your future through Christ. You don't have to live in what was. You can choose a new destiny for yourself by surrendering your will and yourself to God. You have to separate yourself from dysfunction. Taking ground takes notable movement. When I say taking ground, it... God actually asked Abram to walk. It says the length and the breadth of it. It took notable movement for Abram to actually follow what God asked him to do. That means that he had to actually walk around the land and recognize that everywhere he put his foot, God was going to give him. So I wonder, are you willing to walk around your family? Maybe it's literally, and say, God, I know that you are giving us peace. I know that you are bringing restoration. I know that you have more for us. I know that you have promised us good things. Are you willing to make that decision in your life? Are you willing to walk? Are you willing to take notable movement to separate yourself from dysfunction and step into what God has called us to? Because hear me, Lot parted ways. Abram partook in what God had. Lot had no tent. This is uh, Wearsby again. He said, Lot had no tent and no altar, which meant he did not call on the Lord for wisdom in making decisions. Instead of lifting his eyes up to heaven, Lot lifted his eyes up to the plain of Jordan and stopped there. So he was like this too. God, Abram's being kind of a jerk right now. What do you want me to do? And instead of the response that Abram had, which was lift your eyes to the heavens, understand where your help comes from, understand that there is something greater, he got to hear and saw the land in front of him and was enticed by that. He was enticed by the beautiful women, by the money, by the, the fertileness of the ground. The eyes see what the heart loves. Abraham had taken Lot out of Egypt, but he could not take Egypt out of Lot. Outlook helps to determine outcome. Abram's eyes were on the holy city of God, and he went to walk with the Lord and inherit blessing. Lot's eyes were on a single city of men, and he went on to worldly success, but spiritual failure and a shameful end. If you look uh, a couple of verses later, it says, Lot looked towards Sodom, and then he moved towards Sodom, and then finally he moved into Sodom. So if you're going to take ground, you need to fix your eyes on something. If we're going to take ground as a church, we've got to focus on something. Because when you look towards something, you start moving towards it. It's funny, I posted on my Instagram a couple days ago, Levi's trying to figure out how to ride his scooter and ride his bike, and I'm super proud of him. He's doing a really good job, but the dude does not know what steering is. (laughs) And so uh, it was funny to see him kind of you know, push himself on his scooter, and then he started veering because he wouldn't look right in front of him. He'd look over here, and all of a sudden, he's, he's going over here. He's like my sister Chelsea. She could hit anything that wasn't moving. It was hilarious. Like, you, you worry about your kids getting hit by a car when they ride their bike. Not Chelsea. You worried about her getting hit by a bush. All of a sudden, Levi starts riding his trike the other day, and he rides it right into a wall. It's like, dude, don't look at the obstacle Look at the future. Don't look at Sodom. Look at heaven. Don't look at the financial side of this. Look at the future side of this. 
If your eyes are focused on dysfunction, you'll move towards dysfunction. And eventually, you'll move into dysfunction. But the same is true with the promises of God. If you're stuck in a problem right now, and some of us are stuck in problems right now, God's saying to you this morning, will you lift your eyes up from your problem? Will you see the promise that I have? If you'll lift your eyes from the problem and focus on the promise of God, he has something incredible for you. And it's the promise that's going to get you through this season. It's the promise that's going to get you through the sickness, the heartache, the depression. It's the promise that's going to heal your marriage. It's the promise that's going to lead your family and bring you peace at your work situation. And all you have to do is lift your eyes. So the first thing is, if you're going to take ground, you got to leave dysfunction Second thing is, if you're going to take ground, it requires surrender to the Holy Spirit. It's why when we, we sing, you know, I'll stand with my arms high and, and, and heart abandoned, do you mean it? Do you really, do you mean that in your heart? Will you actually stand? Will you take notable movement? Or is it just going to be something that we kind of shy away from? Is that just a cute line in a song? Because even Drake can put a cute line in a song. But can you follow what you sing? Can you actually say, God, I'll stand with my heart abandoned to you? I don't, I don't have a problem with you singing the, the lyric. I would just rather you mean the lyric. And follow that up with meaningful action. When we surrender our preferences and start listening to that still, small voice, and we let him lead us, we take ground in ways we never knew possible. I mean, you could do things your way, and when you step back at the end of your life and you evaluate everything that you've accomplished, you might not be satisfied. But can I tell you right now that the only evaluation that matters is God's? So start surrendering your life to the Holy Spirit. There is a difference, by the way, between subscribing and surrender. I was listening to a podcast this week, and the, the lady talking said, you know, I grew up and I found Jesus uh, in, in high school, and I started going to youth group and started realizing that, that he had a plan for my life, but then somewhere in my 20s, I started realizing that I just didn't subscribe to this. I just, I just didn't quite subscribe to the fact that he, he doesn't want uh, us to live with people we aren't married to. I just didn't subscribe to that. I just couldn't subscribe to the fact that I'd have to give 10% of everything. I just don't subscribe to the, to the notion that I would have to give up good things in my life. And so I've started to make my own path. And I'm now happy and I'm enlightened and I'm emboldened. And the only thing she said she wasn't was filled. <laughs> she also never really meant happiness. Because there is a difference between subscribing and surrendering. I don't care if you don't subscribe to it. Dude, there's a lot of stuff that I'd love not to subscribe to in Scripture. But I have to. Because I've surrendered my life. And surrender comes above subscription. Surrender is a choice that you give your life to. Subscription is hitting a button saying, I like this episode, but I'm, I'm not going to listen to this next episode. You don't get the luxury of doing that with Scripture. I mean, could you imagine if, if we could just throw entire chapters out of the Bible? 
how much easier the Christian life would be? This whole love your, love your enemy thing, this whole love Putin thing, it'd just be easier. I, I, maybe I'm just talking to myself. Anybody else with me? Like, it would just be easier if we could throw some things out. Like, I don't know. Maybe it would just be easier if I could leave my spouse. I'm not saying that's true for me. But I know people who have just said, you know what, I don't subscribe that marriage is forever. That doesn't matter. You surrendered. You made a covenant with God. You made a covenant with your spouse. You got to stick to it. Surrender is a decision to give everything to God and let the outcomes be determined by him. So I don't care, I don't care what you do or don't subscribe to. Hear, hear this. Subscriptions don't break chains. Surrender does. Surrender to the Holy Spirit will break chains. So now all of a sudden when you're saying, this is a family curse I have on me, no, 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 no. God said, I've rewritten your future. And everything that you've ever done or ever will do is already under my blood. I will, I will give you a new life. We call that part salvation. But then we have an entire life after that prayer that we have to dive into and we don't get to set aside this part because we don't like it. It's an all or nothing deal. This is, this is something that we're gonna have to learn as a church to take ground in this city and to take ground in the kingdom. Number three, taking ground means we look to God, not to the land. I'll say it a different way. You don't have to know to go. Lot was living for the possible, but Abraham was trusting God for the impossible. And I love this, that lift up your eyes was followed by lift up your feet and walk. So the first thing God says was, stop looking at the land, start realizing what I want to do in your future. Because he said, at first, look, look at the land, look at the land. Everything you see, I'm going to give to you. That was the first part of the promise. But the second part was the hard part for Abram. Because don't forget, until he was in his 90s, he didn't have a kid. So how in the world am I going to look at all this land, and I'm going to start circling the land, I'm going to walk the length and the breadth of it, and realize that my, my family for generations will spread throughout this land, that all of this will be inhabited by my family, by my offspring, but I don't have one. Then God said, don't just look at the land. Lift up your eyes and recognize what I'm saying to you. Recognize that it's me that I'm promising to you. This is more than him just giving a, a, a nice affirmation, okay? This is God giving himself to Abraham, saying, I will be with you. I will go before you. And if people can count dust, they'll be able to count your offspring. And I don't know if you've read the story in a couple of chapters where God tells Abram that he's going to have a son, but his wife laughs. She's seen God bring them through Egypt. She's seen God split the land between Lot and Abram, and they got an incredible plot of land that God promised to bless with generations of family members. She's heard and seen so much, and then still when God said, I'm going to give you a son, 
she was listening in the other room and she laughed because she was like, how in the world am I going to have a kid? First of all, God can give me all this land. God can come through so many times for me, but he still can't do this. It's your faith in God that determines how much of his blessing that you will enjoy. Where's your faith at? If you're going to take ground, you've got to have faith in what God says is true. If you're going to take ground, and I don't mean, I don't mean a footstep of ground. I don't mean just one little, okay, I've done enough, God. You've given me enough. I mean like the goofy, big walk ground. Please don't fail me now, rug. If you're going to take big steps in the kingdom, it's going to take total surrender, but your faith has to play a role in this. Your faith will determine how much of his blessing you enjoy in your life. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this, When you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, God gave you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now you have your inheritance. You have your inheritance. He's already given it to you. He said he gave it to you in the heavenly places. So now will will your prayer be, let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done in my family, in my marriage, in my relationship. Because I know that there are people in our church who are still praying for their spouse to get saved. I know that there are still people in this church that are praying for their kids or their nephews or their nieces or their grandkids to come to know them as their Lord and Savior. God, please help us take that ground. Give us that ground. I know a lot of you are praying with us. God, give us a building. And I'll just be real with you. The building we thought we were going to get fell through. Nothing we could do about it. I'm believing still that God has a place for us. I'm believing still that God is going to give us an actual piece of ground, like dirt ground, like dirt, dirt, the stuff you dig in, dirt, ground, that will be ours for generations to come. But it's going to be our faith and our dedication in this season to see how much of his blessings that we will enjoy in our life. I wonder if... uh, Tony and and Grace could join me for just a second. You now have your inheritance. All you need to do is appropriate that inheritance by faith and draw on his richest glory. That's what Philippians 4.19 says. Abraham claimed his inheritance and thanked God for the blessing. He lifted his eyes to see. He lifted his feet to walk, but then he lifted his heart to God. So he didn't just move his eyes He didn't just move his feet. He also allowed God to do work on his heart. Because he realized what most of us need to realize, and that is if if we get to the next level, whatever the next level is in our lives, there's going to have to be a heart posture change for the next level. So wherever you are, maybe you don't know the Lord as as your Lord and Savior, the, the next thing that you need to do is put your heart in a posture to say, God, I will give my life to you. And you need to realize the gravity of what you're doing. And I'm sorry if I haven't explained it good enough or well enough or thorough enough because what you're asking is, God, come into my life and change everything about me. 
Change the way I think, change the way I talk, change the way I act, change the things that I hope for, change the things that I do to my family. You are asking for something dramatic in your life. But the cool part is, there is a blessing if you will follow through and live that way. And then you get to the next step. Last week we talked about uh, the, the bottle, the baby food and the steak. Once you get off the bottle, you get into the baby food, where you start realizing like, I need, to, I need to really buckle down and be a part of a local church. Well, guess what? Welcome to church. This is a great church. I think it's a great church. Get involved here. Go through essentials and, and, and serve somewhere because there is nothing greater than the, the feeling of serving someone else, especially in the name of Jesus because there's an eternal blessing attached to that. So now you're at the baby food. You're serving and, and you're, you're growing in your faith. You're listening to messages and you're learning to worship and that's all great. And then you get to the stake where you're reading the Bible for yourself and you're saying, man, God, some of this stuff is really difficult. I'd love not to subscribe to this chapter. I'd love not to subscribe to the self-control part of the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. If I could have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness... I'd be cool. That, those are great things. But I'm just not going to subscribe to the self-control part. That's, it's one fruit. <laughs> the life of the Spirit will produce this fruit. It's not like you get to choose in a fruit salad, this is what I'm going to put in as ingredients, and this is what I want. This is The life of Christ will produce this in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Wherever you are, your heart's posture has to change to get to the next level. Because there is ground for us to take. There are victories for us to win. There are people who need to be healed. There are people who need to be saved. And they will only do that if we react and take ground. I know that there are people in your sphere of influence that need to know about Jesus. The easiest way for them to come to know Jesus is for you to invite them to church. And I'll make you this promise. If you bring them here, I'll share the word. Okay? I'll do the hard part. It's, it's something that God has called me to do and he's gifted me to do it. So if you'll bring them, I'll bring it. You know what I mean? Then it is up to all of us to do what we do so well. And that's throw high fives, give hugs. We love to eat around here. We love good food. We love good barbecue. But more than that, we love the kingdom. And sometimes the kingdom comes through sitting down and grabbing a burger with somebody. Sometimes the kingdom comes by wrapping your arms around somebody who's had a hard week and just letting them cry for a minute. Sometimes the kingdom comes by sitting down and having a meaningful, deep conversation about what it means to be like Christ. So if you bring them, I'll bring it, and then we will do the rest together. We, we put them in community. I love when people come back after a long time, they're, they're still gonna get high fives. I love that when people get here for the first time, they still get high fives. It doesn't matter if you've been here for two years or this is your first time. You're gonna get the same treatment as everybody else. That's the kind of community we wanna be. And if we can be that way, if we can listen and we can separate ourselves from dysfunction, we can surrender to the Holy Spirit and we don't have to know what God is asking us to do next to go. He can just say, take this land. We're going to do it. That's what we did when we took up the expansion offering last year. 
We were posturing ourselves, even though we didn't know we could go. And we will go. I'm excited to see what God will do in and through every single one of us. How much ground we can take if we can actually put this into motion in our lives. Do me a favor, bow your heads, close your eyes for just a second. We sang, we sang a song about surrender. And it says, I'll stand with my arms high and heart abandoned. That means I, I give it to you. You can have this. So whatever outcome comes, it's because of you, not because of me. But then Peter's words in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, His words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to one another, Brothers, what should we do now? What's the next move? Well, the next move is for you to have a conversation with God right now, and some of you need to make a decision to come to Christ or come back to Christ. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey. I don't know where you're at in your, in your walk with God or, or your wrestling with God, but I know this, there are people here who need to surrender. And you've been asking, why am I not seeing progress? Why am I not taking ground? Why am I not moving from where I'm at, it's always gonna be this way. And friend, I just gotta tell you, it's not going to be this way forever. If you will make a decision to give your life to God, he has something better for you. Then there are people who have been away from God and you just need to come back. You gotta stop goofing around, man. In the name of Jesus, it's time to grow up. We've gotta get to the point where we value what God values more than what we value. And so if that's you to either one of those things, would you just raise your hand real quick? I want to pray with you. We want to say a prayer together. Awesome one. Anybody else? Praise God. Two. Three. Four. If you don't know what this is, this is the presence of God right now. And there is a tugging on people's hearts. That tugging is him telling you it's time to take ground. We've got to do this thing and we can't sit by anymore. I'd love it if you'd all pray this prayer with me for the benefit of those who are saying it for the first time or coming back. Say, dear Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and make me like you. Change my heart, change my desires, change the way I think and help me, give me the courage to be like you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, will you help me celebrate with the four that said that in person here? And I know for our online family, there might have been more. So would you do me a favor? Would you put the raised hand emoji? We want to celebrate with you. We want to care for you. But hey, hear me. I am so excited that you guys raised your hands. I'm so excited that we are together in unity. You know what's really crazy? Uh, It doesn't really dive into this in this particular verse. But when Abraham left dysfunction, he found unity. And when the church is unified, the testimony is stronger. The light shines brighter. the, the, The tractor beam attracts more. And it's just exciting to know that we're all in this thing together. I am so grateful that you chose to spend time with us this morning. But I don't think we're done. So would you do me a favor? Stand on your feet for just a second. So I'll stand 
with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all and I stand my soul Lord to you surrendered all I am is yours sing it again so I'll stand said at the beginning, I believe there are people who are going through problems. There are people who uh, are going through situations in their life that you need prayer over. And I want to just take a second and give you a moment to pray, uh, maybe with the pastor. So I'm going to ask Pastor Phil to stand over here. I know we got Pastor Barbara in the back. If you'd rather go to the back of the room, please feel free. But I just want to spend a couple moments in prayer. We'll, we'll dismiss in, in, in about five minutes. Are you guys cool with that? But I just, I think we need to spend time actually singing and and praying and telling God, we're going to surrender to you. This is your church. You can do what you want, but this is your life. Help me live it well. I don't know who it is, and I don't know what you need prayer for, but I want to make available this altar. You can talk with Pastor Phil or Pastor Barbara. Let's just press in just a little bit further. Because I know that there is ground to take. I know that God's going to do something in and through our lives this morning. So you sing with me. So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. And I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you surrender all. prayer, I want you to move right now because God wants to speak to you. He's going to do something in your life. Move now. And I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you. Break. 
break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain. I hear those chains falling. I hear those chains falling. Right now as we worship you, I hear those chains falling. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. You were worthy of it all. of it all for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory I hear those chains falling I hear those chains falling in the name of Jesus. Father, I know that you are doing something in our church, and I pray that we would be receptive to it. But Father, as we go, I pray that this moment would not end. Your presence would not leave us, but God, we would walk with you in unity with your Holy Spirit. And so now I pray that you take this word, seal it in our hearts, teach us what you need to from it. Let us chew on it all week long and bring us back next week safe and ready to hear more. Because I think there's, there's more to this lesson that we need to hear. And we're grateful for your words. If you're grateful, would you just take a second and, and, and say thank you to God. God, you are so good, and we're so grateful for what you've spoken. I pray now that you would give your people peace, that you would bless and, and, and care for your kids. Use our offering that we took earlier to, to do the same in Ukraine. We're not just asking for Tustin, we're asking for your church, for the, for the globe. Father, would you have your way, would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll give you all the honor and all the praise. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Hey, you are dismissed. Thank you so much for being with us. We will see you here next Sunday. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.